Hey everyone, welcome back to Gals on Topic, your favorite book club and then some. I'm Sadie. I'm Izzy. And today our episode's topic will be A Court of Mist and Fury, chapters 22 through 25. Yes, and it feels like Mist of Fury is so top of mind right now not only are we reading it but so many of our friends are reading it for the first time because of this podcast we were just at the pool and there was three mist and fury books (laughs) (laughs) not even including mine yeah (laughs) (laughs) like they were all everyone every time i see any of our friends like the first question is so where are you in the book yeah (laughs) what chapter are you on what can we discuss yeah and it's funny now like because i have been the person who's like oh just wait and see but now Saren who's reading it for the first time is ahead of you and you were saying something and she was like oh my god I can't wait for you to get to that part so we can talk about it. I know it it was so funny even my cousin who will like who doesn't live here she will snapchat me and she's like some light reading this morning mist and fury of course like she's reading it because the pod too I'm like I just love everyone. (laughs) We are really um giving Sarah J Mass a big increase this year. <laughs> totally. Totally. <Just> no, I just this whole weekend has just been so lovely. Like I just have to give you the rundown like especially Friday and honestly today. I just had like the most perfect perfect day. I woke up early. I went to Orange Theory. Great workout on Friday. Excellent. Love that for those, you. Those uh workout writers top tier um then I got I saw a text from one of my coworkers saying it's national donut donut day and you can get a donut at rise and roll for free so I was like oh, I just worked out let me go grab my free donut grabbed a free donut Lovely. delicious um went to work and was pretty productive in the morning but then we left at noon for to go out to lunch as a team did an NRL didn't go back to work after that <laughs> went to the pool instead was there for a few hours, then went inside, showered, got ready, had a girls' night out. A really fun girls' a night really out. A really fun girls' night out. Found a new local band that we love that's yeah. like country. Yeah. I, like, n- like that is the life I should be living. Like, that is just an ideal day that I was just peak joy. Peak joy. And really carrying that into today um last night was super fun and then one of connor's out of town it was really a a girl's night out one of my friends slept over which i just love a sleepover me too i love a girl sleepover she slept over we woke up we went and got coffee got a breakfast sandwich i drove her home i did some errands oh i got my nails done and then i went to sadie's pool yeah and then we were back at the pool and i finished the last 100 pages of where the crawdads sing at the pool i was being really antisocial like everyone was chit-chatting mingling and i was like on my pool chair like (laughs) don't talk to me (laughs) we were all all reading at some point but yeah yeah, you you weren't putting it down no i was not putting it down it was the it was the like the climax of the book i understand um but i finished it and then i came home had dinner and i started watching the movie so that's so amazing yeah i I stayed at the pool a little bit later than you. And then I went to a really good restaurant that's like right next door to my apartment building um, with John and some of our friends. And then I walked here, which it's like a little less than a mile. And it was a lovely walk. I was just like amazing two days for the both of us. Amazing. 
And just to follow up, because I know I talked so highly about where the crawdads sing in our bonus episode, mm-hmm. after completing the book, it is still a 9 out of 10. That's amazing. I almost docked half a point because the ending was slightly confusing, but I think that's the point. Yeah. And I'm really looking to watch the movie to see if they add any additional context. Yeah. But um, 9 out of 10, for wow. sure. Wow. I can't yeah. wait to read it. Yeah. I can't wait to read I was telling Izzy literally after our Beach Reads bonus episode or whatever, we talked about so many books and especially the ones that Izzy was recapping that she's read this year. Like I was just so inspired to read everything because <laughs> you were so passionate. I literally purchased like 12 books <laughs> yeah. that night from Amazon. She's not even exaggerating. I saw them all at the <laughs> tower of books. I literally I- told her, I was like, I we need to get you a library card. <laughs> No, I want the collection. <laughs> like, I I love it. I'm so excited. And some of them are bigger than I thought. So I thought I was, like, buying a bunch of, like, quick quick reads in between my Akatar deep dives. But I will be I will be living in multiple universes for the next few months of the summer. Yeah. Some um, of them are much thicker than I expected. Yeah. Which is good. I like to get invested. Me too. Me too. I don't want them to go too quick. And I feel like if they're longer, it it usually means they're better. I agree because it can build. Yeah, slower more time for character more, development. More more realistic, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah. So super excited. That is so exciting. Yeah. Just wow. I'm just in a great mood. <laughs> and also at the pool on Friday, I was with Sadie, and she was finishing her chapters, and I was also reading the chapters for today, and. As we all know, these chapters end on a cliffhanger. And Dude. I saw I saw Sadie cheat with my own two eyes no! as she flipped to the next page. <laughs> I didn't read anything. I really didn't. I really didn't. But I do just have to kind of just be like, what's the vibe a little on these next pages? Wow, she really called me out. I thought you were gonna I thought you were going to um um, just make a comment about like how you saw my live reaction to the, but you really <laughs> called my ass out. <laughs> I made a mental note when that happened. I was like, I'm going to tell it on the pod. Hold, <laughs> hold you accountable for your actions. <laughs> I really actually, I don't even remember what the next page said. I really didn't read much, but I was tempted. <laughs> I well, was tempted. should we get into it? Yeah, I'm very excited. It does leave on a huge cliffhanger. But I'm honestly not that worried about it. And we'll Because you read the next page? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> because of the bond. Like Reese like Reese Cassian and we'll get there. But like she's gonna he's not even gonna get to wherever he's taking her without Reese before Reese Cassian and Asriel are boom boom. You know? Let's talk about it. When okay. we yeah. Everyone's like, what are they talking about? <laughs> okay. So let's start with chapter 22 because we had just gotten back from the weaver. That was oh, yeah. really gross. Yeah. But she got the ring. She got the ring. Her future engagement ring. She got the ring and she mastered her panic a little bit and like woke up a part of her that had been dormant. Like her survival instincts, hunting Feyre. Yeah. Like I, like I was saying, like her breaking through that chimney and out of that chimney was her 
freeing herself from like the depression that she was in. Yeah. And so it was really good for her. And I loved that context because I actually had never thought about, about it that way. But totally, totally. So they're back. They're waiting on word from the summer court to get permission to go there. Mm-hmm. Because again, summer court is where the book of breathings is. So where the fairy half of the book of the fairy half of the book of breathings is. So in the meantime, they're going to pursue another step of their plan, which is making contact with the human lands, so that they, they can access the queens. The queens to get the other half of the book. Right. Feyre's getting ready to go to the human realm. And Moore is in her room while she gets ready. It's like classic girlfriend move. Yeah. Get ready together. I'm glad Feyre gets to have that experience. (laughs) (laughs) One of my faves. And Feyre is comparing this behavior, like how her and Moore's relationship is to Ianthe specifically. And how controlling Ianthe was. Like Feyre is commenting like, oh, I could have put anything on my body. And Moore would just be like, yeah, you look great. Versus Ianthe was like, wear this, do that, act this way, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Feyre's telling more about how human women in society are treated because Moore's asking about it. She's talking about how they're very restricted and that they, you think they have all this freedom because they're wealthy, but they can't work. They just kind of orchestrate the social scene, plan parties, etc. The wealthier they get, the less control of their lives they have. Yeah. And Moore tells her that some of the high fae are actually the same, which we know from Spring Court right. slash Tamlin. Right. But Moore has experienced this firsthand in the Court of Nightmares. Yep. I've started using abbreviations when I type out my notes just to like make it speedier. And I'm really glad I remembered this one because I just typed C-O-N for Co- Court of Nightmares. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I got it. <laughs> So she says females there are considered as prizes, their virginity is guarded, then they're basically sold to a husband that will be most advantageous to their families. And Moore was born super strong, very powerful. She also couldn't hide it because, as we know, power can be kind of sensed out, Mm -hmm. similar to High Lords, which in Moore's mind, when she was younger, she prayed that meant no one would want her as a wife, but... When she matured and her power came into full force, instead of people being scared or intimidated or horrified, everyone wanted her to breed to breed for future stronger bloodlines for their families. Gross. And she doesn't finish the story about what happened, but we just know that Cassian and Reese helped Moore get out of the Hewn City. And she says something so sweet. She says... He, meaning Cassian, believes he's a low-born bastard not worthy of his rank or life here. He has no idea that he's worth more than any other male I met in that court and outside of it. Him and Asriel, that is. Yeah, they just have a really special love. They're they're truly a family. Definitely. And I loved I loved hearing a little or getting a little taste of Moore's background. Like I obviously hope we get some more. Um um, cause I obviously want to know what exactly happened. Like she's clearly not married mm-hmm. and how I want to know how they broke her out. But it was, it was just like such a great moment, you know, definitely it's bonding. The gals are bonding and 
Just get a little bit more taste of um, the gals are having some. Gals oh my god, time. gals are just like in my normal vocabulary now. <laughs> but yeah, Moore's telling her all of this to preface that she's not coming with them to the human realm because she doesn't like how humans behave. She's basically like, we need to get your sister's approval and them to be on board. And I don't think I could behave, so I'm not going to come. <laughs> but Feyre tells her that she wants more to meet her sister someday. Because she wants them to hear more story and see how she came out of that trauma and how strong, but also how warm she is. Yeah, that you can come out of something so cold and traumatic and still be a warm, welcoming person. Yes. And I honestly can think of no higher compliment than someone no. being like, I would like you to meet my family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're just like an example of grace and strength. Yeah. And, like, I'm, I feel like Maura was so touched. She was. She was. It looked like she was trying to hold back tears. Yeah. So Beautiful. that's sweet. And Feyre also apologizes here for not being as welcoming, sorry, welcoming to Moore as Moore was to her when she got to the night court. Which feels like a big step for her to, like, acknowledge yeah. that. Yeah. And Moore says, there are good days and hard days for me even now. Don't let the hard days win. So, nice moment. Yeah. Some nice moments. So, the plan is for Feyre, Cassian, Asriel, and Reese to winnow everyone off the coast of where the wall is. So, Feyre goes downstairs, sees the three of them standing there, suited up in their fighting leathers. They're all kind of like, you know, looking at her. She looks at Reese and she thinks about when he was strapping her up with the knives, when his hands were touching her legs. And she's thinking about how it felt when she slipped into his mind, like feeling how protective he is, how defensive he is of his people. And she like stops herself from from this train of thought. And then she just says, I'll fly with Asriel. <laughs> <laughs> and Reese and Cassian are like, question mark? Like she says it like Cassian's mouth literally drops open. Like what? Because <laughs> Asriel's so silent. He's definitely like on the outskirts, kind of awkward. Like you wouldn't really want to be one-on-one with him probably right <laughs> and right. it's just so random right but and, and and reese's face was like what the fuck right because like, why are you requesting that you yeah. know like, it's yeah. just so weird to yeah. be like i'll fly with azrael <laughs> um, but i like it because then they get a little moment here she's she bonds with him a little oh i like it too and i think it's funny because in her mind she's obviously doing this because she panicked for a second getting lost in the her thoughts about how attractive reese is so she just said that but from their minds they're like what yeah asriel what (laughs) but asriel just bows to her and says of course they're also chivalrous which i also love yeah and um he well they all winnow asriel flies her through the wall they chit chat just a little bit and as they go through the wall, Feyre can feel it super vividly now. Mm-hmm. And Azriel flies her through it, and then they're back in human lands. Yeah. There was a good quote by a- that Azriel said. I think it was about, um, she was talking about the wall and how she can feel it now. And she said something, you know, how she's been struggling thinking of herself as a fae. Yes. And he said, it gets easier with time. Like, you get used to it. Yeah. 
and obviously he was always Faye, but like he grew up very differently. Like he was an Illyrian who was like imprisoned, didn't grow up in the same Illyrian training camps that most of the men did, like couldn't fly until he was an adult. Yeah. So it's like he had to do that in a sense as well. Totally, totally. So they had like a moment during their trip. They had like a nice little moment of connection as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's like very soft spoken, but like very deep. Totally. Yeah, totally. And I and I I just liked it because it was like in the beginning of this chapter, she's kind of connecting with more and more and they're becoming more and more (laughs) (laughs) and they're they're becoming like better friends. And then she's like, you know, breaking the ice a little with Azriel and. And I'm just like, oh, she's really just like coming into the group. Yeah. And she likes all of them. Yeah. She likes all of them. Yeah. So, well, we haven't really heard much from Amrin, but she likes all of them. Yeah. So she's entering and really swiftly. I mean, she they're meeting her family. <laughs> <laughs> Hometowns. Hometowns. Um, okay. So this next chapter, chapter 23 is Feyre showing up at her family's estate. Before reading this, how did you think this was going to go with Nesta and Elaine? Obviously, Feyre's showing up as a fae. Yeah, I didn't think that they would be... I thought they would be shocked. Um, okay, so one, I didn't think that... Like, like Feyre kind of got like right down to business. Yeah. And I thought that was a little much. Like, I felt like maybe they should have talked <laughs> well she did ta- she did talk them through everything that happened yeah, yeah 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 for sure for sure they did but yeah we just didn't need to rehear it um but yeah i i expected them to be shocked but i didn't expect them to be so disgusted especially nesta because i don't know how much elaine knew about tamlin but, like, Nessa knew that she was in love with a fae. That's true. You know what I mean? And that she was choosing to go back there and live there and be with the High Lord forever. So I was like, I don't know why you're so, like, disgusted. I thought maybe she got past it a little bit. But maybe, I guess not. I mean, she probably did, honestly. She didn't throw any of them out, which she would have done before. True. True. <laughs> Yeah. She's letting them into their house, which, like, considering how afraid all humans are is... Like, I know that Nesta is, like, uh, fiery, but I kind of expected her to be more of the one that's like, what do we need to do? Yeah. Instead of Elaine being the more civil one. I had a note about that, too, because it doesn't feel like Nesta had, like, valid Nesta reasons even for why she didn't want them in the house. Like, yeah, I, th- I expected Elaine to just kind of be, like, quiet yeah. the whole time and just in shock, eyes wide, not yeah. really, like, being a character like usual. Yeah. And then Nesta, you know, definitely having, like, a taste of disgust or uncomfortableness or whatever. Yeah. Um, But, but still being, like, what do we have to what do we have to do what's going on and it felt like we had grown so much with nesta and the end of book one it's just like we're back to square zero with how she's behaving yeah yeah okay well let's get into it so Feyre is planning to speak to her sisters alone first which is smart Mm -hmm. and she knocks on the door of the estate a housekeeper opens the housekeeper's like oh oh 
<laughs> when she sees Farah's she sees Farah's face and then she like sees Farah's face you right. know she's has a hood on to keep the ears hidden but she still like has that fairy glow she's right. unnaturally still like something's just off right the housekeeper doesn't open the door any wider but then Elaine comes down the stairs which makes Feyre pause because she's like, oh, I'm really doing this. Like, I'm getting my sisters involved. Like, pure, sweet Elaine. Like, am I really bringing her into a war? Yeah. Elaine sees her, starts crying, and then Nesta comes down the stairs and stops because it looks like she's seen a ghost. And we know that they both see her and, like, can see that she's different. Don't know if they're, like, fully processing that she's a fae, but, like... Yeah. They are, like, in shock. And we know with Nesta, like, it's it's never easy. (laughs) It's never easy. There's no, like, warm greeting. No, like, oh, my God, you're alive. Yeah. yeah. None of that. They just, they let Feyre in, and they take her to the sitting room. And Feyre's just saying, like, she feels so out of place. Like, she feels like everything's so fragile. Like, she's this, like, dangerous creature. She's very aware of it now in the human lands right so she asks if their dad is home nesta tells her that he's on the continent to trade and to hear more about the threat above the wall a threat which she wonders if Feyre has come back to warn them about and elaine does try and say like well whatever the reason you're back we're happy to see you alive yeah but as she's saying this Feyre takes off her hood and exposes her pointy ears and they're like <gasps> yeah oh my god yeah and she yeah she does really get into it she's like i wasn't alive at one point like i I was dead and then i was reborn and it's very it's a lot for them to take in but to their credit they don't immediately like scream or kick her out or do whatever nesta probably is wanting to do they sit there and she goes through everything like what happened from when she got back to the spring court under the mountain everything i think she skips over some of the stuff with tamlin that's happened more recently Mm -hmm. but then also tells them about the war highburn about the plan and why they need access to the house yeah through this story and her intentional skipping or i think nessa maybe does make a comment i can't remember when that was but it's a later on in this chapter but I, I think it was at this point when she was like intentionally skipping over or maybe it was at the later point in the chapter. But she like finally realizes like, oh, I actually have some stuff I need to settle. It's at the end of this okay. of this chapter. And I wrote it down. Sadie is happy. So she realizes there needs to be closure. Yeah. She was finally <laughs> like, yeah, she was finally like, oh. There actually is some conversations I need She's to have. She's like, I have some loose ends I still need to tie up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> actually, put that on my to-do list. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Plan war, break up with Tamlin. <laughs> that is exactly the tone Yeah, when she remembers it. is It's like, hmm, yeah, I should probably put that on my to-do list. <laughs> yeah. I actually forgot about that small little thing I need to take care of. Yeah, like we were almost married and then I just left. Yeah, haven't talked or seen talking to him or seen him since. Which isn't it crazy that he hasn't stormed the night court or something yet? I know, I know. It's a whiny little baby. Didn't do anything <laughs> under the mountain. Didn't do anything now. So, Feyre walks them through, you know, the war. Why they need the house. 
And Nesta immediately says, find somewhere else. And Feyre tries to plead with her, but Nesta's like, you can't bring fairies here. What will people say? They'll think we're like children of the blessed. Our social standing will be gone and Elaine's wedding will be ruined. And we'll talk about Elaine's wedding in a second, but we were alluding to this, but I was expecting if Nesta was to say no, obviously we expect Nesta to be difficult, but if she was going to say no, it wouldn't be because of social standing. I feel like Nesta doesn't give a shit about social standing actually. Totally. Um, it would be more like you're not endangering us by by you're not endangering Elaine by bringing Faye here. Yeah. By like putting us in the in the crossfire of a war. Like you're not right. doing that. But it's like the reasoning is is loose here. Yeah. But also, yeah, Elaine is engaged, so that's new mm-hmm. to a lord's son. The lord in question has devoted his life to hunting down Faye. So I that's awkward. So we we talk like a little bit more about him later. I feel like barely, but we get a little bit more mm-hmm. details. And by and my so my prediction with him is that he's gonna be like the jurian of this war. Mm. Like he like kinda like leads the human. Elaine's fiance or the dad? Yeah. Elaine's, Elaine's fiance. fiance. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like the leader of the human armies. Armies. Got it. Yeah. He, um, they're really intense. Like he, Elaine has a iron engagement ring. Right. And, and, but like, you know, the leader of the human armies in a way that's like not necessarily positive. Like a little brutal. Like Jurian yeah. was. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Um, so Nesta's saying hard no to this, but Elaine of all people is the voice of reason and tells Nesta, well, you know, there'll be no wedding if there's a war. So yeah. we have to help, which is good because Elaine's probably the only person that Nesta will listen to. I mean, it's just crazy hearing Elaine speak up so much. Yeah. She's braver than we give her credit for. in the first yeah. book. So, and I'll say this again later, but she's very green energy. She's what she wants harmony. She's a team player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. Wait, it's so funny because what is that? Um, what is that? Um, the test called? Yeah. Um, so it's called an insights colors test. We take it at work and there's four insights colors, red, blue, green, and yellow. And it tells you your, the energy that you exude the most, the energy that you really are. Um, what that means so like red is very like driving ambitious mm-hmm. direct um green is harmony team player blue is data analytical thinker and yellow is like wants to be included wants to include others social butterfly right energy right so for the record i'm green and sadie's red well, you have just decided I'm red. I but you are. I haven't taken the test. But you are. <laughs> <laughs> so Elaine also green. Elaine is also green for sure. Yeah. So Elaine convinces Nesta to let this happen. Um, they craft a plan to send all the servants away and keep what they're doing here a secret so that no one will know it won't get out. And Elaine says... Feyre gave and gave for years. We need to help her now and help others. Incredible. 
Yeah. Incredible. So they get started and Elaine gets everyone packed up. And while she's getting all the servants together and sending them off, Feyre and Nesta chit-chat about Elaine's fiancé and his family. Nesta tells Feyre Grayson, that's his name, his family has a huge wall built around their estate to defend it, to keep out Faye. But to Nesta, she says, it looks like a prison. So Nesta isn't sure about this alliance. Yeah. And then Nesta asks about Tamlin. What happened? Because obviously, last time she saw Feyre, Feyre was leaving to go sacrifice her life, basically, for Tamlin. She was yeah. madly in love with him. And Feyre says... Elaine's lord built a wall to keep the fae out. My high lord wanted to keep me caged in. And Nesta's like, really? Because he let you come back all those months ago. You know, he was willing mm-hmm. to, to part ways. And Feyre's like, yeah, well, that was to protect me. His drive to protect is so strong. And she thinks that under the mountain broke him maybe more so than it broke her. Because he couldn't protect her. Because he couldn't protect her. Couldn't do anything. And it just sent him into a spiral after. So I was like, oh, you were pretty broken, my friend. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, maybe it's like the hindsight bias. Where like, you're fine now. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you were pretty, you were pretty freaking broken. I mean, but she's not really even fine now. She's not a very joyful person. True. I still like want, I still so want to know like, t- like what happened to Tamlin under there you know yeah like obviously we know it probably did drive him mad not being able to protect her but like what about when she wasn't around like we only know so that's why I think it would be interesting for you to go back and read the first book with the lens of knowing the second book because when you read the first book back there'll be moments where you're like oh because he was very protective even before Under the Mountain in a way that could be like a red flag here or there. But it was okay because there was all this danger and she was a human and like he was this high lord. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you go back and read it, it it does track, like, I think, he better. he was always this way. He was always this way to an extent. It just, Feyre needed that. Right. And then when she didn't need it anymore, he wasn't able to adapt. And he was... In an even worse place post-mountain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... That's what Feyre's thinking about. Like... Yeah. He just wasn't able to... He was able to protect her physically and give her physically what she needed in terms of, like, safety and and that, but wasn't able to be there with her emotionally of what she actually needed. Totally. And this is when she realizes... Yeah, I actually might need to go back and deal with that. Yeah, it's like two sentences. She's like, there actually is still a lot I have to settle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So sounds like we could be getting closure at some point. And then Nesta says, and now you're in a new court. I, I also just feel like her acknowledging that there's stuff she needs to take care of was enough for me. Oh, and, really? Yeah, like, I mean, I do need her to go eventually, obviously. But, like, her, ju- I just wanted acknowledgement. Right, of you the situation. I mean? Like, this is, like, you you have to do something about the man you almost married. And 
everything else in the world eats away at you yeah. and haunts you at night except for that. <laughs> and like I was just like, why are we not talking about it? But um but yeah, so I that was enough for me to be like, okay, so resand. <laughs> okay a shift wow literally one line I just <laughs> like half a thought like hmm, i do need to break up with tamlin okay anyway <laughs> um i think that's so funny though tamlin's probably like distraught like blowing things up in the spring court and fair like i should probably have a conversation well another day <laughs> Um, but then Nesta says, and now you're in a new court, which do you think Feyre is like in the night court? Like, would you consider her night court now? She doesn't belong to any court. Well, all Feyre says is, would you like to meet them? And that's the end of chapter 23. Yeah, well, it's, um, I mean, she is his emissary. She is. She so has a role. that feels like technically you're in the night court, but I just feel like she's not really in any court. Also, and I was going to kind of bring this up um, going into the next chapter, but she thinks about, she has a moment where she thinks about how uh, Tamlin's family was like murdered by a rival court. And I just found it so interesting that like, she never says the night court like there has she has not said the night court since I'm pretty sure. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like I'm pretty sure since she first arrived, like when she was first taken and she was like, this is the night court. But like since then, she like never like she calls it the rival court that killed. Yeah. Like she won't acknowledge that it's the night court, the one that you're basically in now. Yeah. You know I what I mean? She differentiates like Valeris from the Hewn City, from right. Reese's father, from Reese, you know? Right. And I feel like she's like compartmentalizing things because when you have such contradicting feelings about the same thing, basically, yeah. like Night Court, Night Court, Night Court is bad. Reese, Azrael, Cassian, more good. So yeah. it's like very conflicting. And so I I found it interesting that like she literally never calls it the night court. And I think it's she, just Resand's court. At or, one point in these chapters, she also questions like internally. She doesn't bring herself to ask yet, but she wants to know what was Reese's role in, in Tamlin's dad being killed. Yeah. What yeah. were Cassian and Azrael's role? Right. And he, but even when she says that, it's still like in a roundabout way. Like yeah. she she does in this chapter finally kind of like acknowledge that like these people that she has classified as good mm-hmm. may have been involved in something she has always thought of as bad. Yeah. And we don't know the whole story, but <laughs> also it's bad. But like he was a bad guy too well that's so, what i'm saying we don't know the whole story yeah, it's just so it's in like, her head right now that was bad they are good how can those two things reconcile yeah but yeah just something i thought of yeah yeah well chapter 24 we get the three illyrians on their way to meet the three archeron sisters yeah <laughs> <laughs> One Illyrian for each of them. Literally. <laughs> I told Sadie this yesterday, but the meme, and I'll, I'll post this 
on our Instagram or something when this episode comes out. But like the meme of two guys like peeking out behind a corner. Yeah. And it's like Cassie and Azriel when they realize Vera has two hot sisters. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Azriel and Moore are shipped. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's not like saying anything happens. It's just no, funny. no. The it's pairings. just a funny, a <laughs> yeah. funny. Um, like all three of them stroll in. I mean, Reese doesn't have his wings out, but there's just they're three Illyrians, and then it's like the three, the three Archer sisters, and whatever their last name is. Yeah. Sisters. So Elaine clears out the house staff, and then Feyre hears her squad knock at the door. She opens it and she's like, oh, God, I forgot how big they are. They look so dangerous. Like, yeah. This isn't going to be good. Cassian walks in. He's like, this is yours. This is nice. This is a nice house. <laughs> and Fair's like, oh, oh, no. Tamlin bought all of this. Yeah. She feels very guilty. And it reminds her how there was a part of him that was good. Like he would have given her anything she needed to make her feel safe physically yeah but and we were just talking about this after under the mountain he wasn't able to give her what she needed emotionally yeah but there were parts of him that were good like he wants to provide wants to protect has good intentions on that front but he just is blind to this really other obviously huge need which are emotions totally totally (laughs) aspirations and Reese is watching Feyre. Obviously, he knows, like, Tamlin bought the house. Cassian, like, can't stop talking about how nice it is. <laughs> um, he's watching Feyre. Like, he knows what she's thinking, which, like, he probably does know what she's thinking. But last time, also, that she was in this house, she was desperately in love. She was about to risk her life to save Tamlin. She was also a human. So it's just weird. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. She's coming back to the same place, just a totally different person on all fronts so cassian and azrael and reese meet nesta and elaine um the whole interaction with the sisters is really awkward (laughs) but also internally as fair is taking each step like bringing them into the house she's also simultaneously still feeling horrible and keeps commenting internally about bringing her sisters into this like she feels like she's corrupting them right especially looking at elaine and how fragile she looks next to like a cassian or an azrael with their weapons their fighting leathers and just as a human yeah she's like they she now understands like what tamlin saw when he looked at like her little human self yeah but vera says elaine to her credit did not faint (laughs) (laughs) And Nesta didn't immediately, like, insult them or scream or kick them out. Not immediately, but... Not immediately. <laughs> she just, like, steps in front of Elaine. Yeah. So... Yeah. And then Feyre makes introductions. Reese bows. He thanks the sisters for their generosity, but it does seem a little strained. Nesta's rude, of course, but she does still invite everyone in for dinner, which, as expected, gets to be extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. So Nesta sits at the head of the table. Feyre sits next to her. Elaine sits next to her. Um, and then the the Lyrians fill in. Elaine is like white knuckling her fork next to Asriel, <laughs> which makes him smile. 
and they start eating. The food sounds really good. It's like salmon, chicken, potatoes, vegetables, pretty standard human food. Sounds good. But Farah takes a bite and says it now tastes like ash in her mouth. (laughs) So like, I don't know, aggressive. Like we're just so, I don't know the right word, dramatic. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a fey thing or like if it just is there's a lot better seasonings in the night. I know. I know. <laughs> I was like, can we clarify why it tastes so bad? Like, yeah. She's still eating similar. Like when they were at the night court, they were eating chicken and yeah. potatoes also. So I'm like, is it just like magical food or like what? <laughs> <laughs> but Nesta notices this, of course, and takes it personally. And asks, oh, is something wrong with the food? Like, too good for human food now, are you? And fa- this just sets favor off because it's like Nesta's challenging her, the condescending tone. Well, and there's, and she's, she's had like little comments here, comments and, there. here and there that are kind of like building up the rage. And yeah. so then when she says this to um, Feyre, Feyre's like, bitch. Yep, and she says a line that sticks out in my mind as one of the cringiest things she says throughout all five books. Oh, my God. Which is, she's, like, eating her food, and Nesta's sassing her, and then Feyre says, I can eat, drink, fuck, and fight just as well as I did before. Better even. (laughs) And Cassian, like, spits out his food. Why did she say this? Why? Literally why? And why throw fuck in there? No, li- that's the like, thing. Literally, like, why? Who, like, no one asked. Literally, no one asked. And it's your sister. <laughs> I just feel like fairies are like horny beings. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just so vulgar. It's so strange. It's so out of left field. <laughs> out of pocket. Like, if someone said that, I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> like, okay. Didn't need to know that. Didn't assume any differently. I mean, mean, Nessa basically says that. She's like, okay. (laughs) Cassian's like laughing. Cassian chokes. And then Asriel shifts like he's going to like intervene if Nesta and Feyre like leap at each other. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, that is a line that I try and scratch out from my memory because I think it's so cringiest things always it's always Feyre too yeah like everyone else's stuff that they say are like clever she has no chill (laughs) she has no chill it's just so awkward I think about her saying this in front of three men she barely knows and I like want to curl up and die (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) but anyway Feyre's like mad like she said this line and she's she's fiery like she feels like some like some power is about to come out like she's so mad which doesn't feel like, like, it's Nesta. What did you expect? Yeah, yeah. She's said a lot worse. But she can feel Reese, like, calming her down in her mind, sending her cooling thoughts. <laughs> and then Reese tries to, to mediate. He tells Nesta that if she ever comes to Prithian, she'll understand why the food tastes different. Nesta's like, yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> Elaine is like, hey, be nice. Cassian's just glaring at Nesta. Nesta notices and she's like, what? What? <laughs> and then Cassian calls her out. And this, this is the best quote. Like, most cringiest quote followed by this 
just shooting her straight. Yeah. He tells her because Nesta's like, what are are you looking at? Yeah. Cassian says someone who let her youngest sister risk her life every day in the woods while she did nothing. Someone who let a 14 year old child go out into the forest so close to the wall. There was like, oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) But Cassian continues. He says, your sister died, died to save my people. She's willing to do so again to protect you from war. So don't expect me to sit here with my mouth shut while you sneer at her for a choice she didn't get to make and insult my people in the process. Boom. Mic drop. He just dragged her. I wrote, damn, Cassian, burn. (laughs) And the way he stood up for Feyre in that moment was so sweet. Yeah. He's. She's part of the fam. It's not like he ever was like, oh my God, Feyre Cursebreaker. But he like sees how noble she is. Totally. He clearly feels like he's in debt to her for what she did. Yeah. He has crazy respect for her. And she barely knows him. Yeah. But he already, to stand up for someone like that, is so, it's like loyalty already. For sure. For sure. Like familial loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel like they've just accepted her as, as part of the fam. And like that moment to me, and this is going to sound silly, but that moment, and I don't know if you've ever experienced that, it's like, Reese isn't her boyfriend, but she's kind of like, she's his plus one, kind of. I mean, yeah, they have this bond. Everyone knows yeah, that like, he's they're just the like, closest. He's of a the... plus one without like being his girlfriend. Yeah. And it's kind of like when you're like with your partner and you're like with their friends and like they, you, it's kind of like a moment of realizing like, oh, he's my. He's my friend, too, now. Yeah. We're crossing the line. Yes. And I love that. Yeah. I love that analogy because. And and in this. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say he doesn't. It's not like her and Reese are dating. So Cassian doesn't like feel like he has to like Feyre because she's Reese's girlfriend or something. He just likes her because he respects what she's done. Yeah. and and, And that's what I mean. Like in a circle of friends like that are really your significant other's friends. It's yeah. just like you always feel like, ah, oh, they're really just my friend because I'm the girlfriend. Yeah. They're really just my friend because I have this bond with Reese or that they can use me to save this war. But then like when he stands up for her like that, it's like, oh no, I've crossed the threshold now to like me yeah. and Cassie and our friends. And yeah. I this is now she's had a moment with Moore. She had a moment with a- Azriel and now she's had this moment with Cassie. And I was just yeah. like, she's in yeah it's really <laughs> sweet it's really it's really touching to see him stand up for her yeah in that way when he yeah. didn't have to totally so he, that obviously was like mic drop mm-hmm. when I was reading that for the first time I was like oh my god like what is Nesta gonna say like no one has probably ever been that direct to her in her entire life and Cassian's obviously very intimidating he just like called her out spot on it's giving red (laughs) it's giving red and nesta just doesn't even flinch just like turns away like "Hmm." (laughs) which also kind of i'm like that is that is really a good move (laughs) i know (laughs) like oh your words don't even phase me i'm not even gonna like whatever like just just brushes it off like just it's like "Hmm." yeah yeah i feel like she plays it off but it's also like one of the things it's like you really just had nothing to fucking say to that. Right. 
right the way that it reads is like she didn't even like just doesn't even phase her like doesn't even acknowledge him you know he just gave her a huge truth and then she's just like turns back to pharaoh to like say something (laughs) i don't know if you watched the uh vanderpump rules reunion but it's giving lala when when sandoval tries to make his apology and and james is like that really didn't land for me and and lala's like i didn't even hear it yeah (laughs) yeah I actually did see that clip. Yeah. <laughs> Never watched Vanderpump Rules. Me either. But, but I, somehow I know everything that's going on. Me this too. <laughs> and I'm so invested. I am too. It's crazy. I don't know these people at all. No. <laughs> but yeah, I th- I love that. She's like, I didn't even listen. I didn't even listen. Yeah. Literally. It's like Nessa didn't even like <laughs> yeah. resonate or like register that he just said that to her. Um, And Cassian's face apparently went feral at this. Like he's like what the fuck like yeah you know yeah he's like i just mic dropped on your ass and you kicked the mic away like- yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like, what the fuck exactly he he she says it's like seems fight like with me bitch fight. he's like recognizing an opponent right yeah like she says something like he's he thought uh, he was a wolf circling a deer only to find out that she's a lion or something totally like, unsuspecting human girl but she is something else um and then the rest of the meal he's just like analyzing her (laughs) like she's eating he's just like watching her eat like he's like (laughs) overall meal is obviously super awkward elaine speaks up nervously trying to keep the peace just huge green energy (laughs) coming through (laughs) she's just trying to like put it on on track to being even civil not like not awkward just like civil yeah yeah Farah says like elaine the only civil person or the elaine and azrael elaine and azrael the only civil people in here yeah um she kind of answers for nesta like she addresses what cassian just said because it was a mic drop on nesta but it also was a little bit of a mic drop on elaine totally because she didn't do anything either and she explains that you know one it's hard for them to understand because they grew up their whole lives taught to be afraid of fairies and then she says probably the worst thing she could possibly bring up which is that our own neighbor claire bedor was taken and her family murdered and reese just stares at his plate oh man and i would literally kill to know what he's thinking same i also just i want to know why he gave the name that's the one thing that's hard to just justify as oh i was just you know playing the part like we need more context because how do we reconcile who he is now with that action specifically that action specifically because he did think the name claire was Feyre. yeah and so like the whole time he's like oh yeah i want Feyre to win i want Feyre to be able be able to free tamlin if that was true then why did you tell amarantha that he had a girl there, a human girl there. Like, he, I thought I would think that if that is what he wanted to happen when he found out about Feyre, he would get excited. And also now, does he feel guilty about yeah. Claire? Because he, like, does he? Because knowing him, who he is now, would seem like yes, but but does he? Because we don't know. Like he yeah. he. We still don't know, I guess, to what level 
he goes in his ruthlessness. Right. But I, I would kill to so, have his POV. So two thoughts. One, I wonder if my like original theory may have been a little true of like he actually didn't really care that much about humans and like was really just kind of like helping Feyre. One, because he saw her balls and was like, maybe she can do this mm-hmm. and get us out of this. Um, so really just like for his own Faye intentions. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's that. But then another theory could be, remember how he warned um, Farah, like you need to practice your walls because like there's other Faye that will be able to like break through your walls or trap mm-hmm. you in or whatever. I'm wondering if maybe there was someone under the mountain that did that to him. Like maybe he didn't give the name Claire, mm. but was kind of forced to. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like how, how you come back from that or like what justification you can give. And the, <laughs> the I just thought of this, but like, it's kind of like, in Harry Potter when Snape kills Dumbledore. Yeah. And you're like, I, I know, like, I remember knowing that Snape ends up being, like, the hero. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> you should know, everyone. But I remember, like, always knowing that Snape, like, becomes the hero. And I was like, I just really don't see how there is justification. How do you come back from that? Like, just don't know. And that's what I'm, like, wondering here. You know what was crazy? Was reading that in real time in middle school when the sixth book came out oh and my yeah. family was all reading it together and social media wasn't a thing like, right there wasn't no way for it to get spoiled to me even though I wasn't reading it probably like I mean I feel like something like that big happens now and you see it everywhere like oh my god plot twist right I was reading that in real time on book six and then my own entire family was like oh my god Snape is bad like literally thinking Snape was yeah. fully tricking them the whole time it was crazy yeah what yeah definitely a different mindset because i knew obviously that snape ends up being a hero yeah like i knew that like just from memes and stuff because it already been out for so long yeah and so it was definitely me just being like i really don't understand how you come back yeah like what loophole exists. yeah but to you you're literally like oh my god yeah the whole six books, you're like, Harry, let it go with fucking Snape. Right. The first Dumbledore book, you're like, he's, you, the first book, you're like, yeah, that's the bad guy. And then after that, you're like, Harry, let it go. Like, yeah. Haven't we learned? And then you're like, oh my God, he, he was that. right all along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. What a roller coaster that must have been. It was a crazy time. I've only experienced that. Um, but, but that's, yeah. So I am curious for that moment with Resand of like, why did you give the name? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. But anyway, coming back to the conversation, that's how Elaine justifies, you know, the first part of like how they're acting. Yeah. And um, Asriel's like, no, yeah, like that. No, like makes sense. (laughs) Like totally. (laughs) I get it. Again, Vera's like, these two are the only civil ones (laughs) in this room. (laughs) And then Elaine also says regarding the hunting, like we were scared. We but we did. We failed Feyre. Like both of us failed Feyre. She she doesn't try to make an excuse. Yeah. She's just like, no, yeah. We failed Feyre and we're trying to make it right. Yeah. Yeah. So Feyre is like, can we just start over? And Nesta says, fine. And then everyone just goes back to eating silently. And then Elaine's trying to make small talk with Azriel. She's like, so can you really fly? And I'm like, do you think the wings are just there? <laughs> 
And Asriel seems self-conscious, but he's like, yeah, like, I can fly. And she asks, like, oh, must be, must be scary sometimes. And he's like, yeah, like, winds are strong. <laughs> like, they're just, they're just small talking. Um, and then Nesta jumps in to ask about Illyrians and if, if they're also high fae. Cassian says no. Then Nesta asks, so what's Feyre? Which is a good question because no one knows. No like she wasn't knows. born high fey. She looks high fey. Right. She wasn't born anything. And Reese just says, Feyre is whoever she chooses to be. How beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nesta tells them to write the letters to the queens tonight. Her and Elaine will mail them tomorrow. She also says, if the queens do come here, prepare yourselves for prejudices that run far deeper than ours. Nesta then says she assumes they'll want to stay the night. And Feyre's like, I guess actually, yeah, because they can't just winnow in and out. They'd have to, like, fly. It's dark. Yeah. Um, so Feyre says yes. But then Reese is like, we need two rooms with two beds each. They need to be right next to each other. I was Feyre- like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't a hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feyre's like, what are you doing? And he's like, the magic over the wall is different it could be weaker our senses could be different i'm not taking any chances especially like there's elaine's engaged to a fairy hunter yeah <laughs> like we're not, we're not taking any chances but i'm like very convenient that you get to bunk up with Feyre. <laughs> and then elaine's like well we don't have two rooms next to each other with two beds and reese is like being so adamant about it but then Feyre goes relax it's fine He's just grumpy because he's old and it's past his bedtime. And that's a good joke. Yeah. I thought that was, that a good, was one. good. And then Nesta just says, This meal is over. And if we're done eating, the meal's over. And yeah. storms off. I was like, You're so pleasant, Nesta. Which is what Reese says. Yeah. So Reese writes the letter to the Queens and then it's bedtime. Again, Reese and Feyre conveniently are bunkmates. They get to their room and it's just one bed. Oh my. <laughs> But Feyre immediately is like, I'm not sharing. (laughs) (laughs) Me. And Reese is like, chill, summons a small cot for himself, and then says, Nesta is a delight, by the way. And Feyre's like, she's her own creature. (laughs) And Reese says, Elaine should not be marrying the son of a high lord for many, son of, sorry, not a high lord, son of that lord for many reasons. One being Pharaoh won't be invited to the wedding since his family will hunt her. <laughs> and Pharaoh's like, one, not funny. Two, you have a lot of nerve to pass judgments on my family when your friends are also messy. And then she's talking about Azriel and more sexual tension between them. Yeah. How Cassian seems to be involved is kind of a buffer. Mm-hmm. And Reese is just like, yeah, don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly he knows something's up in that dynamic but yeah, we don't really know I don't what. get why it's a problem why don't they lean in be like the Cullens we're all just dating each other <laughs> incestual <laughs> um, yeah well I assume we'll get backstory at some point yeah true so but Feyre's like I'm not gonna say anything my life is miserable enough I'm not gonna be Busied with gossip and making other people miserable. Is your life miserable? That's what, exactly what he says. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is your life miserable? 
And Feyre says she doesn't know because everything's happening to her so quickly, which I think is a really good realization. Right. Everything is happening so She's quickly. Like, I don't know how I feel anymore. Again, we're like six days out from her leaving the spring court. Yeah. Well, and it was just like days and days and days of sitting in unpleasantness. And yeah. so you're very aware of how you're feeling. But then when everything's moving a million miles a minute, yeah. you're not like taking the time to reflect. It's like for the bone carver, the weaver now in the human realm, like it's it's been a lot. Now she has, she's an emissary now. Like she's it's like, just I think so I'm much just tired. Changed. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, there's a lot going on. And then Reese says when they get home, he'll give her a day off. <laughs> Work life balance king. <laughs> So Reese starts getting undressed and Feyre realizes she didn't pack an overnight bag. And then Reese snaps his fingers and summons her some PJs and like a lacy little set. (laughs) (laughs) And actually lacy little sets and says, I couldn't decide which scrap of lace I wanted you to wear. So I brought a few to choose from, (laughs) which I think is so funny. But also he needs to stop going through her underwear drawer. I know. He is constantly digging around in there. Like, it's funny, but then the thinking of him, like, in her room, like, hmm, pack, hmm, pack. Like, like, she'd look good at that. She'd look good at this. She'd yeah. look good at that. It's like styling her. Yeah. <laughs> and Farrah's like, ugh. Ghost changes, comes out. Reese is all tucked in bed, and he's warmed the room. He warmed the sheets on the bed. So when she slides in, she's all cozy. Which sounds lovely. She says, thank you. And he says, Amarantha never thanked me for that. Like, I was like, you are deep in your thoughts tonight, boy. Like, why were you doing anything nice for Amarantha? (laughs) (laughs) And why bring her up in this moment? But whatever. Feyre just says she didn't suffer enough as a reply. Which I agree. I said that. You did. I was like, I was wondering when she said that, I thought they were going to go into it like a little bit more gruesomely like you did. Um, <laughs> but I was like, oh, is Ian Feyre on the same page? It's a funny thing to say just like in that context too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why this conversation took place, but whatever. And then Reese says to Feyre, he didn't think that he could get through dinner because he resents her sisters for not protecting Pharaoh when she was so young. And Pharaoh's like, you know, part of me feels that way, but everything turned out okay. Like, because I was out hunting, I got brought to fairylands, I saved the world, so it all worked out. Yeah. <laughs> Very glass half full of her for once. I know, how off-brand. And then Reese tells her, you know, I'm paying for you for all, I'm paying you for all the work you're doing, right? Like you have a bank account, you have store credit. Which okay, so if this was never brought up, I would have eventually wondered and made the question and comment about like how's she gonna buy all this shit? You know, like how's she gonna survive? She needs a career, you know, like whatever. <laughs> I would have eventually made that comment for sure. But then when they actually do talk about this like very logical thing, I was like, unnecessary. I don't need to hear about your like I feel uncomfy talking about her wages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How how much do you pay to someone to save the world? Yeah, right? It's weird, especially because everything's just already taken care of for her. She has clothes right. just there. She right. just eats. It, I don't 
doesn't seem like she needs to go shopping anytime soon. Exactly. But no, it's good to know. You know, she's a businesswoman. <laughs> um, she's she's got a bank account. That's exciting. But yeah. And then maybe, he maybe that's his way of saying, "Are you sure you want to take a day off? You won't be paid." <laughs> It's weird thinking about him paying all his friends too. Yeah. It just, it, it makes it a little bit too real. Like I don't want to, it takes us out of the fantasy world for a second. I think of like, Oh, oh like this is her just, job. And like, yeah, she makes money. It just opens a whole nother, I think can of worms of questions that I have about how that works. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Then Reese asks when her birthday is, which Tamlin never asked her. Let's, mm-hmm. let's call that back. Never knew. Yeah, I thought it was just like a sweet random question to that like that he was just thinking about. Yeah. And Feyre tells him she was born on winter solstice, which she says her mom used to tell her that's why she's so withdrawn and strange because she was born on the longest night of the year. And then she's like, my mom would try and celebrate on other days, but then like would forget. He's like, oh, I see where Nesta gets her lovely demeanor from. (laughs) And he also says... It's a shame that we can't stay here longer just to see Nesta and Cassian like get into it again. Yeah. Vera says, my money's on Nesta. And then Reese chuckles and says, so's mine. And Vera's reminded of when he was the only one to bet on her under the mountain. And that's the end of chapter 24. It's absolute insanity that they spent an entire night in the same root bedroom and nothing happened absolute insanity well they were in different beds it's rude (laughs) you just could summon a cot give me a break (laughs) i mean i don't think fair is in the place she saw the one bed and was like no (laughs) no but no the the reason she was so adamantly about no is same reason she asked to fly with azrael's because she doesn't trust herself yeah Hmm. yeah I yeah. wanted I wanted like a classic Reese Sand when she said that. I wanted him to be like, Oh, come on, Feyre. I'm just so tired or like it's nothing you it's nothing I haven't you sleeping or I don't know, nothing I haven't ever seen before or you know, I don't know. <laughs> something snarky and stuff. Instead he's like, Mr. Respectful. <laughs> it's a cot. <laughs> you are fully on Resands now. I, I love the switch. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just ready. I think to root for love again. Been, yeah, there's just been so, so much uh, plot. I'm like, yeah. I need a little love break. Yeah, yeah. Well, we get some banter in this next chapter, yes, and I, I love it. Literally, my first note looking at the next chapter is, I was so enjoying their flirtation. I'm obsessed. This next chapter is super short, and it opens with Feyre and Reese doing one of their lessons in the forest near her house. And remember, he told her that he was going to train her also, like train her powers, learn how to wield them. Mm-hmm. Right now, they just come as a reaction to strong emotions, but learn how to control them. So they're in the forest, um, in the human realm still. And Reese is saying, freezing my ass off first thing in the morning isn't how I intended to spend our day off. And then he tells her he wants to take her to the Illyrian steppies when they get back to train because it's far more interesting and warmer. And she's like, I don't know what those are or where those are. Remember, you showed me a blank map 
when you showed me the map of the night court. And he's like, well, yeah, precautions. Like, yeah, you were going to run and tell Tamlin everything. Which she did. Which she did. So good thing he didn't show her anything. Well, then she's like, well, um, are you ever going to show me where things are now that I work at the night court? And he just goes, you're in a lovely mood today. (laughs) (laughs) But then he does, he pulls out a map, he summons a map, and he shows her the true map of the night court where everything is. Shows her where the steppies are, shows her where the Illyrian territories are, shows her where Valeris is on the map, the Hewn City, all of it. So... Another big step. He like, I mean, he obviously already took her to Valeris, but you know, she has his full trust. Symbolism of trust. Yeah. So they get to a place in the forest where it's far enough away from the house that they know Feyre can't do too much damage if she loses control of her powers. Reese gives her a candle and he tells her to light it, douse it with water and dry the wick. And Feyre's like, I can't do any of that. <laughs> can't we do shielding again? <laughs> I can do that. And he says, no, that's for another time. Today, I want you to focus on other aspects of your power. So he says, would you like to try shapeshifting? Yeah, bold. And she's like, no, <laughs> I would not. <laughs> so she's thinking about this task. She knows she can't, doesn't know how to do it. But then She's looking at Reese, taking him in, looking at his, you know, his fighting leathers, his sword, the wings. She says the general sense of overwhelming power that always radiated from him. And she says, maybe you should go. And he's like, why? You wanted me to train you. And she says, I can't concentrate with you around. I was, I was like, very surprised that like, she said that. You're not even going to try and make up an excuse? Yeah. That's just like... I think you're attractive. That's basically just saying it. Like, yeah, like you're just not, you're just going to say it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very forward, very forward. So she says that. And she also says, and go far. I can feel you from a room away. So maybe she's suggesting she can't concentrate because like he's opening her mind or whatever. Interconnected powers. But it just says a suggestive curve shaped his lips. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, you can't stop thinking about me. Yeah. He's like, fine. Practice in privacy. Give a shout down the bond if you get anything actually accomplished in the next few hours. And so then he disappears. And Feyre is alone in the forest trying to accomplish this task she's staring at the candle nothing's happening like hours are passing she's trying to think of things that will bring up strong emotions like ianthe her entitlement yeah (laughs) but nothing and she finally takes a break after a few hours she goes to the pack that they brought for today she finds some bread she finds some soup and she finds a note from Resand, and it says I'm bored any sparks yet so she grabs a pen and she writes back no you snoop don't you have and don't you have important things to do I love them writing notes to each other yeah it's cute he writes back I'm watching Cassian and Nesta get into it again over their tea something you subjected me to when you kicked me off training I thought this was our day off and this is and this is uh, for people who aren't really capturing what's actually happening here. It's kind of like 
in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets when he's like writing in the diary and the words like disintegrate or whatever into the page yes except it's like the whole paper like disappearing and then reappearing yes they're like fully communicating in real time through via, magic via these magic kind of like texting kind of like <laughs> texting exactly and Vera writes back poor baby high lord life is so hard <laughs> and then he writes back Life is better when you're around. And look at how lovely your handwriting is. Which was so sweet. I know. So sweet. What a great compliment. I know. It was just like, it's just one of those kinds of compliments that are just very caring. Yeah. She couldn't write like two months ago. Yeah. And coupled with the line life is better when you are around and look at how lovely your handwriting is what they in love they have moments where they're so bold with each other and then they go back to like fully platonic like working relationship and it's so confusing it is so confusing it's so confusing and Feyre reads this note she can like picture him writing it like in their breakfast room half paying attention to Nesta and Cassian fighting and the image brings a slight smile to her mouth (laughs) and she writes you're a shameless flirt i thought that was the perfect response i thought it was perfect too like to like yeah to like kind of keep the flirting going but also but also not like fully acknowledging how sweet what he just said was right right so she writes that and the note vanishes she's waiting for it to return because obviously it's like when you send kind of a flirty or like a, even a little bit of a risky text and you're like waiting for the response they're like in the midst of this banter she's very focused on what he's gonna say back she's a little distracted and she gets yanked and a hand covers her mouth and she's grabbed off her feet she's kidnapped She's kidnapped. She starts thrashing, biting, clawing. She doesn't know who's holding her up. She's trying to shove it away. But then a voice speaks in her ear and it says, stop or I snap your neck. And the last line is, I knew that voice. It prowled through my nightmares. The adder. (laughs) Couple thoughts. Uh Uh-huh. One... I like I was saying this before they take like they take one day off of the war and this shit happens like I was like thinking we were also having a day off from the plot for love to develop they were flirting it was wonderful (laughs) and then that shit come on but I'm also like not that concerned because like Reese already knows for sure you can feel it in the bond. She can just immediately drop her walls. Like anyone who takes her is just stupid because Reese is going to immediately know when he's literally sitting right next to Cassian and Asriel. What about the thing about the senses being dulled across the wall? I mean, they're literally sending notes to each other through magic. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about the senses being dulled. So thank you. <laughs> but he did say just like send a note. Or send a message down the bond if, yeah. you know, you want me to come back or whatever. So, 
I'm actually not concerned, but you just saying that is not making me concerned, but it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and the last thing, I don't know why this has stuck with me so much about the adder, but every time the adder comes up, all I'm just like the stupid smelly adder, like his <laughs> odor has just stuck with me for so long. Like, I don't know why. Like she mentioned it the one flap time. Of the leathery wings. Yeah, yeah. She said that like the, the odor after the flap of the leather or yeah, leathery wings or whatever, like has stuck with me so much. And so now, like as soon as he was here, I was like, oh. Smelly guy. Yeah, I was surprised she didn't smell him. Yeah, up. yeah, for real. Like all I can With think about senses. is his odor. Like I don't know why. I don't know why, but it was very, very impactful. And I'm just like, oh, like if I can't yeah. like thinking about how he smells. She also was really. She must have been really distracted from this flirting because she should have heard something, smelled him. Yeah, like she has all these senses now, and she got caught off guard. Oh, Feyre. She was she was busy, busy, busy flirting, fl- flirting up a storm. <laughs> and it makes me smile, though. And even the fact that she like almost smiled. Yeah. When was the last time she smiled? No, seriously. Probably before they went under the mountain. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Maybe when they got engaged. Definitely not on her wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. Any other thoughts on these chapters? No. I am definitely looking forward to reading the next ones to see, you know, if everything's res- okay. The rescue mission. Um maybe maybe Vera this will kickstart her powers and she'll just get out on her own, but I have full confidence in uh Mr. Resand to come and save the day. So Okay. Hopefully they just kill that or stupid smelly thing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to hear about it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay, well next episode we will be covering chapters twenty six through twenty nine. I like these chapters. Just Can't FYI. Wait. Yeah. Yep, so so four chapters again, but I don't know why I had to count on my fingers. <laughs> no one would have known. You didn't have to well, call they heard me pause. Go, one, two, three, four. <laughs> four chapters again, but like they're they're, I think a few are pretty short. Um, and they're good. So thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gals on Topic. Follow us on TikTok at Gals on Topic. Subscribe, follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, leave a comment, tell someone about the podcast who's an Akatar fan, and we'll see you next episode. We'll see you then. Bye, guys. Bye.